Hi, I'm your host, Amy Frina. For over 30 years, Care Credit has been enabling people just like you to get the care, procedure, or surgery they want or need when they want it. Behind the thousands of amazing testimonials we receive from our cardholders are the dedicated providers and healthcare workers who make these stories possible. In this series, we are giving you exclusive access to these well-respected and renowned care experts who are all part of our Care Credit Network and asking them to share the information and answers you need to make informed decisions about your health, wellness, and personal care. We're talking about breast augmentation, one of the most popular cosmetic surgeries performed in the United States. Joining us is board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Daniel Barrett, who has a private practice in Beverly Hills, California. He is an active member of both the American Society of Plastic Surgery and the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Dr. Barrett specializes in aesthetic and reconstructive surgery of the face, nose, and body. He takes pride in utilizing a holistic approach that provides natural looking results with minimal scarring and downtime. Hi, I'm Amy and we are joining you live from the studio today with Dr. Barrett, who is going to give us some insight on breast augmentation. How are you today? I'm doing great, Amy. How are you doing? I'm great. We're excited to have you here and uh, we want to learn a little bit about you before we dive right into breast augmentation. So first, yes. tell us about your journey to plastic surgery. Wow. Uh, my journey to plastic surgery is, you know, it's funny because you don't just wake up one morning and be like, oh, I want to be a plastic surgeon. Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if you remember that TV show. Dr. 90210 back in the day mm -hmm. uh, with Robert Ray. And I just remember watching that in my small town where I grew up in Warrington. And I was like, God, that's so crazy. This place is Beverly Hills place. And like, what, you know, what they're doing and all this right. stuff. And, um, you know, my journey, it, it kind of, I'll give it to you in a nutshell. Um, I didn't really have any interest in medicine, but when I went through high school, I knew it was good at science. I, knew I wanted to help people. Dad got lung cancer. He smoked oh, his whole gosh. life. Yep. So I... Um, got interested in medicine because a lot of the doctors helped our family, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to go to medical. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a cancer doctor and help mm -hmm. patients. And um, got into medical school, realized that cancer patients every day was a lot for me. So mm -hmm. I decided to uh, pursue something that was just a little less emotionally challenging for me. And um, so I like surgery because I can work with my hands. Right. I like the artistic qualities of it, mm -hmm. and um, plastic surgery just fit that to a T because you can work in any part of the body, and there's uh, multiple ways to do um, to do certain things, but you have to have that aesthetic quality right. um, to really do a good job, mm -hmm. and that really appealed to me because I'm a little bit OCD when it comes to details. I walk into a room, I see a picture that's slightly off, I get annoyed. You know <laughs> me what too. I mean? Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, I felt like that translated really well to cosmetic surgery, plastic surgery, because it's that level of detail mm -hmm. that makes a difference. Absolutely. Definitely. Especially yeah. with plastics. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your hobbies when you're not working. Well, I have a daughter. I have another one on the way. Okay, uh, congratulations. Do, yes, do Valentine's Day. So I'm wow. a family man now, but I've recently been uh, getting active in uh, exercise, and okay. I did an Ironman triathlon last November. Wow. Which was a lot of fun. I'm Good going for you. to Kona, Hawaii for the Ironman World Championship nice. uh, coming up in October. So, All right. Yep. Uh, fitness is really good. It gives me lots of energy, but it gives me lots of energy to do my surgery, so it's, it's kind of a win-win yeah. um, for me. Excellent. Yeah. What about one of your most interesting cases? Well, uh, so I, you know, I'm a board certified plastic surgeon, mm -hmm. um, and I, I get a lot of all different types of uh, all different types of cases, and everyone is very special and unique. But this particular one, our patient lost um, 500 pounds. 
Wow. Yeah, she was 700 pounds and she lost uh, oh over gosh. 500 pounds to get down to about 100. She was 700. She got down to 185 pounds through gastric bypass surgery. As you can imagine, if you lose that much weight, you have a lot of excess skin. Uh -huh. So she actually, we, we actually got on TV for this one because it was uh -huh. such a major transformation. Yeah. Um, we were able to take in a lot of that extra skin off of her body and kind of contour it so that she could fit into clothes she can go out and do things and so she still sends me texts she's like i'm dating again i'm out at, you know i'm Aww. out at the club i'm dancing because <laughs> one of the main things we did for her were her arms you know huh. imagine you have a lot of excess skin in your arms yeah. that's very visible um maybe you can hide extra skin in your abdomen which we took care of or your breasts but her arms i mean she was like a flying squirrel it was mm. just so much and so um, she's super happy. I transformed her life. Yeah. I feel like she's she's kind of opening up a new chapter in her life, and I'm, I'm happy to have been a part of that. And it was an incredible experience just doing that kind of surgery on somebody. Um, we had a big team approach to do it. It was a big group of us to, that made that happen for her. Wow. Yeah. That kind of piggybacks my next question because that is such an incredible story, and I didn't even know people could lose 500 pounds, first of all, so that in itself Me is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Me neither. Um, but what would you say then is the most rewarding part of your job the most rewarding part of my job is right around week six when that breast dog patient comes in or that tummy tuck patient comes in and they're actually starting to see the results uh -huh. and they're like you know what i was really doubting myself why i did this in the first place going through that recovery and then right around week six when they come in for that post-op appointment mm -hmm. and they're seeing me they're uh -huh. like you have changed my life. And they give oh. me a hug, right? Oh. And it always lights my fire every Monday, Tuesday of the week because that's when I get to see my post-op patients. When they come in and um, they share whatever's changed about their lives, mm -hmm. I'm like, I go home and, you know, yes, um, we have to pay the bills. A business is important. But at the end of the day, when I go home and I look in the mirror, I'm like, wow, I really made a difference in that person's life. Gosh. And that's what kind of lights my fire. And I feel good about myself when I get to hug them and, and share their And experience. help other people feel better about themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, that's got to be incredibly rewarding. Right. And, and and it's not only just simple. I mean, it's funny because a lot of people talk about cosmetic surgery. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, you should just be happy with the way you're born. Well, we get a lot of people that have various things that um, are, 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 are unusual, like prominent ears or um, deformed noses, breathing problems, or breast, chest concavities. It's not just a simple like cosmetic surgery stuff you're thinking about. But right. even, even for a woman who has grown up in a body that, and she's always been self-conscious about her breasts, to be able to give her even just fuller breasts so that she can fit into clothes. Our society is really warped in a way that, you know, women or men are supposed to look or feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these little surgeries that are very safe and um, oftentimes made more affordable by care credit um, can actually uh, <laughs> really change people's lives. And, and this isn't something that people are thinking about. These aren't just fads. You know, these are things that people have thought about for years. Right. And they're finally coming in because who really wants to undergo surgery? You know, it's it's you're completely normal. And then you're thinking about doing surgery. Mm -hmm. um, most people don't want to take that leap, you yeah. know. And so these are people that are that really affects them. And, and when it when it when they get the results and they're really happy and we get them through complication free, mm -hmm. it, it makes it all worthwhile. I can only imagine. Yeah. Wonderful. Excellent. OK. Yeah. One more question. Uh -huh. What is the most interesting place you've ever been? 
the most interesting place I've ever been. I would say Cambodia. Ooh, um, why? That, yeah. So I mean, you know, I've been over a lot of places. I've been, I've been to Turkey. I've been to New Zealand. I've been, you know, all over the place. I would say Cambodia. I mean, we, it's a, first of all, it's a twenty-hour flight to get there. How? And uh, I went there for my, we went there for a honeymoon. Really? And, yeah. And it is such a polar opposite of what we're used to mm-hmm. in the United States, mm-hmm. especially in Los Angeles, where you go to the airport, you get picked up in a, you know, a taxi cab, whatever you go, wherever you gotta go. But we go there, and it's like midnight, and I'm like, I tell my wife, I'm like, I'm so glad that we arranged transportation with the hotel, <laughs> right. right? We got a chauffeur who's going to come pick mm-hmm. us up. And it was midnight and we have our bags and he, and the name was there as a Barrett. And I'm like, all right, go, I go to the guy and he's like, yep, I'll get the ride. You know, I'll bring it around for you. And, and we packed everything in a carry on uh, suitcase. Okay, for two, yes. Really impressive. Yeah. Because I mean, if you're, in Tha- if you're in Cambodia and Thailand, cause Thailand was the next trip right on that during that trip. What else do you really need to bring? You don't need big suitcases, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, he comes around in this little motorcycle cart <laughs> yeah and it's just like i'm like and she like laughs at me she's like oh you're so glad you got you know transportation <laughs> arranged for like you know i felt like such a smuck but um, we hop in this little scooter this scooter drawn cart put our two bags there because that's all i could fit i'm like thank god we didn't pack too many suitcases yeah. and we go out on like the freeway on this little like motorcycle they call them tuk-tuks but they're not even like a thailand tuk-tuk they're even less than that it's literally a motorcycle with a cart on the back and um we get to where we go and i tipped the guy five dollars and he was like wow he's like he th- it was like i was a savior and apparently the daily wage there is about a dollar so the fact that i tipped wow. him five dollars made his day and he was he was he was super happy um but but the main thing was that there's very beautiful people incredibly happy people mm-hmm. yet they didn't have very much so it's just like different happiness a different perspective mm-hmm. and happiness is a state of mind and, and so that really that to me was the most interesting thing in that you, you you don't need you don't need fancy coffees or you know fancy cars mm-hmm. or all these you know the biggest house on on the block right you know you just just need to be happy find your way because mm-hmm. if not go to cambodia and you'll you'll, you'll figure it, it out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just watch out for the the transportation options. Okay, yeah. good to know. Thank you. We'll all be prepared. You got it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about breast augmentation, shall we? Sure. Let's just start right from the beginning. What is it? So, breast augmentation is a procedure that is designed to make uh, breast bigger. This can be done um, a number of ways. The most common way is done with implants. Mm-hmm. It could be silicone implants, saline implants. Um, it can also be done with fat transfer. So people okay. that don't want to do implants, they mm-hmm. can take fat from where you don't want it and put it where you do want it. Although okay. each of those have their pros and cons. Okay. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. What makes someone a good candidate? Someone who's thought about it for a while, right? Okay. So, I, you know, you're, um, someone who's thought about it for a while, mm-hmm. they uh, they understand what is involved with surgery. They're not there because of a spouse or a boyfriend. That's really key. Good to know. Um, yeah, if, you know, I really always make sure that the, the patient is there uh, for breast augmentation for themselves, for their self goals. Because if you're in a relationship where your spouse is kind of demanding you to get to change your body a certain way, it's probably not a good relationship. And, and if that relationship ends, you're going to be unhappy with the way you look because that force or that desire to have the bigger breasts is now gone. And mm. now you're kind of stuck with that. So I always make sure that they're there for the right reasons. And then a good candidate is someone who's healthy, mm-hmm. doesn't have any major medical problems, um, and really understands what the procedure is all about. Okay. Yeah. What should a patient look for in a plastic surgeon? So when considering breast augmentation, um, the 
patients should look for whether or not they're board certified. So I, I call it like the pyramid, right? Okay. So we have the we have the pyramid of things you should look for in a plastic surgeon. Um, one, are they board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery? That's really important, right? Because that's your basic credentials. You have a lot of people that are doing breast augmentation surgery that are not actually board certified by the American Board of Plastic mm -hmm. Surgery. Um, so you kind of run the risk there. Um, the next thing is, do they do a lot of them? Do they right. do a lot of breast augmentation surgery? Look at their results. Um, so look at their website. So start doing your research. Look at their reviews, their website, um, their before and afters. See what their work is. Does it does it agree with you, or are these are, are their results like way too big than what you expect for your body? So that's your next step. Can uh, I pause you really absolutely. quick before we get to the top of the yeah. pyramid? Do they accept care credit? Yes. Yes. Very good. <laughs> okay. Excellent. What do you mean by? Um, how many have they done? Like a lot. What is a lot to yeah. you? So I do about six to nine breast operations a week. A week. Yeah. Okay. So that, is that um, pretty standard? That's a lot. I, I don't, no, that's not standard. I'm probably one of the busier uh, breast surgeons okay. in the country. Okay. Um, and uh, I think that you want somebody who at least does um, probably four or five a month. Uh, breast surgeries. Okay. I oh, wow. So you're very busy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that's a minimum, right? Okay. So you want somebody that does like four or five breast surgeries a month and is board certified. Okay. okay? Um, that would be like my basic criteria. The ne and, and not everybody's as busy. I mean, I'm in Beverly Hills. We're a mecca for plastic surgery mm -hmm. and I, I'm very passionate about breast surgery. So this mm -hmm. is kind of my, my forte. Okay. Um, and so the advantages of having somebody that does a lot of them is that they can be efficient with your surgery. They can understand how to do the surgery in a way that kind of matches your body. Um, and um, there, there's little things. It's you know, it's like if you read Atul Gawande's, Atul Gawande's book about complications, about hernia hospitals where they just do nothing but hernias, their complication rate is way lower. And our complication rate is way lower because gotcha. we do lots of breast surgery. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the bottom yeah. of the pyramid. Yeah. With now, board yeah, certified. Board certified. Lots of surgeries. Lots of surgeries. And what's next? You like their results. Okay. Go in to meet them. Okay. What's the office like? What's the doctor like? Right. Do you like him? Right. Do you guys, he may be an amazing surgeon. He may have amazing results, but you guys just don't have a good bond, right? Um, keep looking, right? It, I, I'm not the best fit for everybody, right? right? Um, and so um, you want to be on the same page with your plastic surgeon about your results and mm -hmm. what you're looking for. Absolutely. Um, because this is your body. You have to live with these results for the rest of your life. And if it's not a good fit, you don't feel like there's a good match in terms of what they can provide for you, um, move on. There's plenty of us. Simple as that. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Are there specific questions that a patient should ask during their initial consultation to kind of feel out the doctor as well? Um, yes. Yes. You want time with the doctor, number one. So okay. I, I hear a lot of horror stories where they do these group consultations where all these women come into a room, they're all put in a gown and like, yeah, and there's like not even a doctor there and it's oh just gosh. like a patient coordinator that goes around. So I, I would say if you're in a point where you can actually talk to the doctor, that's that's a good win, right? Yes. Um, I do one-on-one <laughs> -on -one consultations. We charge for consultations, mm -hmm. but it's just because it's just a higher quality experience. Right. Um, and, I, and I customize all of my operations based off of our on their patient's goals, their measurements, right. everything we know about breast augmentation. Um, questions you should ask, are you board certified? How many of these do you do a week? Um, what's something that you do different that other doctors don't do? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah, what's your capsule contracture rate? Um, and what do you do for scarring, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of doctors that criticize me for the number of in layers that I close the breast, I close in five layers, and they're like, why do you spend all that time doing that? I was just like, well, if it were your body, you and you know what I know, you would want the same. Right. Um, do you do any scar management afterwards? These are all the little details that matter. Do you inject numbing medicine prior to your operation so you don't wake up in pain? You know, what's 
what are all the, the extra little details that you can do? So th those are things that I would ask right. if I were looking. Okay. Yeah. Very good to know. Yeah. How much typically, I, I know there's a range, but typically how much does breast augmentation cost? That's a good question. I don't, I don't actually, I uh, don't know. Uh, all right. So I'll tell you, there's everything from the $5,000 Vegas billboard special. Okay. No offense <laughs> to you guys in Las Vegas. Uh, there's some really good ones, but I, I, I call that one because as I'm driving, we live in California and Los Angeles, and sometimes you drive to Vegas, you see these billboard specials for $5,000. Yes, and these are do. like, yeah. And most of the time, these are saline implants, which are the less expensive implants above the muscle, 15 minute operation. They look super fake. They look super high. You see them at the pool parties in Vegas. And there you have um, it. Yes. I like your honesty. Yes. And so that's that's what I would say. $5,000 is probably your entry level breast augmentation. I don't recommend that. Um, I really get concerned about quality. If you go above the muscle caps, contracture goes up. That's a complication that when you get scar tissue that forms around the breast. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that a good quality breast augmentation probably starts around 7,000 okay. and goes up to about 14,000. I think uh, um, I'm not that high um, because I, I don't, I, you know, we don't need to charge that much. Um, but there are doctors that do charge up to $14,000 wow. um, in Beverly Hills. Yeah. So being, once you make the decision, like, okay, I'm going to have breast augmentation surgery, and then you get the financials, what payment options are available or financial options for someone who maybe doesn't have, you know, the cash up front? Right. So, um, you know, we, we take credit cards. We, uh, we have other actually more actually easier financing options. Care credit is probably one of the easiest options that our patients can do if they want to finance because of the, um, I think the customer service. That's yeah. really good news. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what types of breast implants are available and yeah. what determines what type is more appropriate per patient? Yeah. So everything's customized based off of the, the patient, what their goals are. Mm -hmm. So there are advantages to different types of implants. I, um, so there's saline silicone, there's textured to smooth. Um, there's, there's been a lot of news lately about textured implants, so let's kind of keep them off the, off the table. They can cause a higher risk of anaplastic larcell lymphoma. Okay. Uh, risk is very, very low, but smooth silicone implants versus saline. Saline feels like a water balloon. Silicone feels like a much more like a breast tissue. Okay. All right, so I typically recommend, um, so I typically recommend silicone implants and just because they feel and they look more natural. They're cohesive gel, meaning they're gummy bear. So have you ever okay. ate a gummy bear and you cut off the head and mm -hmm. try to squeeze it, mm -hmm. it doesn't leak out onto the floor. Right. right. So if you had like a balloon or something or the old silicone implants, you cut it open, it would leak out onto the floor. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I exclusively use gummy bear implants just in case it were a rupture. Um, it's all going to be self-contained. And so it's extremely safe. They don't cause breast cancer. Um, they're, uh, they last about 10 years. And Both silicone and saline? Yep. Mm -hmm. So you do need to get another pair. Yep, you do. So it's just like tires on a car. So if you have tires that are meant for 50,000 miles, change them at 50,000 miles. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you go to 60, you go to 70, maybe you get by, but at some point you're going to pop, you're going to rupture, right? right? Okay. So um, there's no hard and fast rule, but my recommendation based on the data is rupture rate is really, really, really low until about 10 years and then it starts to go up. Got so it. might as well just swap them out. And it's an easy operation. It's 45 minutes, simple swap out, no big okay. deal. Kind of piggybacking that, what are the risks and complications that are associated with breast augmentation surgery? Absolutely. Um, I love this question because people don't talk about it enough. You no, know? I agree. Yeah. And um, I love breast augmentation because the risk profile is actually very, very low um, compared to a lot of the other operations, mm -hmm. right? Compared to open heart surgery, compared to um, 
you know, um, tummy tucks even. Uh, breast augmentation risk is really, really low. It's there and it's important to understand the risk because these things do happen. I do enough breast augmentation surgeries that I do get complications. I had one hematoma last, mm. or this week, actually. I had one hematoma this week. Interesting. Yeah, but I can count on both hands how many hematomas I've had. Um, the number one complication though is capsular contracture. Okay, and That's, what is that? Think Victoria Beckham. You ever see her uh, her older photos where she had those really hard, firm baseballs on her chest? Mm -hmm. That was capsular contracture. And that's basically scar tissue that can form around the implants for a variety of reasons. Most Gosh. people think it's contaminated, you know, placement, so mm -hmm. forth. And there's a bacterial biofilm, and your body is constantly trying to fight it off. Happens nationwide, 1 in 20, okay? Okay. My rate's about one in a hundred. Um, okay. A few other doctors are doing a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, which I think is really important, like irrigating the breast pocket using a Keller funnel, which is a specialized sleeve that protects the implant when it goes in. If you, you can check out all the stuff on my on my videos, um, and and it's important to ask your doctor. That's another question you should ask: Do you use a Keller funnel? Do you use irrigation? You know, mm -hmm. because you don't really want to get capsule contracture afterwards because it's right. it's kind of a it's a big hassle. We can deal with it. I deal with it when we do get it. My rates are like one in hundred of my patients get it, um, and it's just important to to know that that's probably the highest risk of thing that's going to happen. Knock on wood, I've never had an infection. That's a number two. Hematomas, number three. I have had about less than ten of those, okay. um, and then you get other things like scarring or implant malposition, which I've had um, based off of whether patients do the post-op regimen or not, or they go out and they do backflips in Beverly Hills right after their surgery, which I've had. Um, <laughs> so don't do that. If you get surgery, don't do anything for six weeks with your upper body. All right, please. Mm -hmm. um, all of those things can be fixed. There's other complications, anesthesia complications that can happen. Naka would have never had any of those major mm -hmm. ones. Um, the one that scares a lot of us is DVT or blood clots in your legs. So if you're high risk for that, you may want to be on a blood thinner medication prior to undergoing surgery. Okay. Um, but but those, are, those are kind of the main ones. People worry about nipple sensitivity a lot and worry about breastfeeding ability a lot. Breastfeeding right. ability goes down about 7% if you get a breast augmentation according to the latest study. It's anywhere from 7 to 10%. Okay. So if breastfeeding is the most important thing to you in the world, don't do breast augmentation. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> it's easy. Um, and then we talked about nipple sensitivity, and that's about less than uh, 1% um, will actually lose nipple sensitivity. Okay. My rate's a little bit lower than that, but I don't have any official numbers on that. All right. We'll, we'll wait for those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what can a patient do at home to kind of prepare themselves for the surgery? You know, uh, preparing for surgery uh, when, it, when you're coming to my office is, is all about I, I want to – I really want to dial in what you want, right? Mm -hmm. I got a lot of women, they're like, just make me whatever you think. I'm like, well, you're a really different person than me. You right. know, it's like, I need to know what's going on in your mind in terms of your goals, mm -hmm. right? Have you looked at photos that are too big? Have you looked at photos that are too small? Show me those. Um, I need people, I need my patients to prepare and do some soul searching for like what kind of look they're really trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then then I can actually more effectively match that. But in terms of health and, and mind and body and all that uh, uh, diet preparation, I, I think don't do anything different than you normally do. Okay. Um, I don't let my patients drink two weeks before or mm -hmm. smoke four weeks before. Um, you really want to be have a healthy mind and body attitude and diet going right. in. Don't do a crash diet right before surgery. You just want to kind of be even keel Got all it. the way to surgery. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tell us how the procedure is performed. So, uh, it starts with a hug. <laughs> All right. Um, I got to tell you, you're the first person to say that. Yeah, no, it starts with a hug because it's just like, imagine you're going to, I do it every day and I get excited. I did, um, three operations today, two breast surgeries. I did a breast augmentation, breast reduction. First thing I do when I walk in the room is I hug my patient because it's just, I know this is not, this is probably their first time. Uh-huh. And they're and nervous. It, yeah. So nervous. 
And so like, I, I, I want to feel that. I want to help them calm down a mm-hmm. little bit. And anxiety is, is the number one thing. Um, so it starts with a hug. Uh, and then um, I do, we talk about size, everything all over again. We do some markings in the, in the room. We do it in the mirror so I can kind of say, hey, here's what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. And here's where your incision is going to be. And then, you know, it all makes sense. And then anesthesiologist comes in and um, gets them to the room. And uh, we get them nice and comfortable. I play Hawaiian music or spa music in the room. So I actually built out custom operating rooms mainly for breast surgery. I do a lot of other surgeries in it. But LED lights, warming blanket on the bed, right. IV bag warmers. Everything is keeping you nice and warm and comfortable. It's almost like a spa. It kind of, We try to, yeah. <laughs> because it's just like if your heart rate's up right yep. before surgery, you're more likely to bleed. Right. I don't want you to get, you know, I want you to be comfortable and relaxed. Right. You go to sleep calm, you wake up calm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to the actual operation, we do all the surgical prep standards, stuff like that. I, uh, I inject the breast mm-hmm. with a lot of numbing medicine okay. that lasts six hours. So when they wake up, they're not feeling pain. That's, That's one great. of people's biggest anxieties. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what's stopping you from getting breast augmentation? And a lot of people, not everybody, a lot of people's like, I don't want to hurt after surgery. Mm-hmm. I don't want that, right? So if I can take that off the table, you know, we've just solved uh, a big problem for a lot of people. Right. So inject, I do nerve blocks. I do rib blocks, medial chest blocks. Then I do my incision. Um, we develop the pocket, which takes the majority of the operation. And the pocket placement is key. That's mm-hmm. what takes a lot of experience to know how to do. Sizing is really important for me. I do sizing in the operating room. It's just like buying a nice pair of shoes. You want to try them on first before you buy them. There's a lot of surgeons that make you do these fancy bras beforehand or a 3D analysis, which gets you close. But at the end of the day, there's nothing like putting in a sizer, sitting you up and seeing exactly how it looks. Mm. Um, I found that that's the most accurate way to size people for breast augmentation. Once we get the right size, we do our song, and I call it the song and dance, where we do um, all the irrigation with the antibiotic solution, all these little things, about six different steps, seven steps to reduce that capsular contracture rate, get the implant in with the Keller funnel, close in five layers, make a beautiful closure. Mm-hmm. Um, if you reapproximate all those layers of skin very nicely, you get much less scarring. Wow. Tape it up, gentle wake up, um, warm environment. The nice music plays back on. I do listen to house music in between the nice music, <laughs> all right? Because I like to kind of keep the, the flow going. It's understandable. Yes, um, but they're completely asleep for that. But when they're waking up, the nice music's back on. Yeah, that'd be a little stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some people like it. I've had some people that that actually request music. They request really? Drake or they request, you know, and I'll play it for them. So. All right, that's yeah. cool. As long mm-hmm. as you're in the zone, that's all that matters. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what can the patient expect to experience during the recovery process? Yeah, so that's the other element, right? It's, it's uh, surgery is only one step, and, and it's all about recovery and making that process smooth and seamless. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is to um, manage swelling. We have a red light therapy that we do in our office right after surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get uh, a red light treatment their first first post-operative visit that helps healing, helps uh, swelling. Mm-hmm. We also do a lot of scar management taping, post-operative taping, and silicone scar. We use a product called Skinova, has some growth factors in it, in addition to the silicone that actually help flatten out and diminish the scar. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have, recommend CBD um, supplements, a heal fast supplement, which actually will help the healing process go faster. So, In the event mm-hmm. that a patient is unhappy with yeah. the results, what options do they have? Um, I'm there for you. So if, if my patient's not happy, I want to, I want to know why, 
and, and I see all my patients post ops. It's crazy. There's a lot of doctors that charge for post op visits, and I'm just like, you know, you just operate. It's just like turning and burning people. It's just right. like, why, why are you doing this? You know, mm -hmm. if you aren't happy to see, like, if someone has not happy with something, have them come in, see what's going on. Mm -hmm. I, and it happens to me all the time. I get some people with capsule contracture. Hey, we got to fix it. It's a known risk. Let's 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 take this head on. I'm not going to shy away from it. I have had. Two patients uh, with like malposition and um, the implant either dropped out of place for mm. whatever reason, go back, we fix it. Um, the important thing is to figure out what's going on and deal with it, not to say, oh, that'll be fine in six months. Well, there is a lot of stuff that will be fine in six months, but if there's some stuff that doesn't look right, um, we'll call it out together and take care of it. So I think it's important to have a doctor that you have that good connection with that right. deals. Like, it's funny, like the patients that are the happiest with you as a doctor are the patients that have a complication, but then you deal with it appropriately. Interesting. Yeah, so the run-of-the-mill patients that just have a perfect experience are like, great, he's cool. But the ones <laughs> that actually have a complication, which right. I don't want, and then we get them through that, they love me. And and and, but that's 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 a good thing because that's the way good doctors should be, and I think that's the way most all plastic surgeons should be. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, one more question for you. Sure. What can the patient expect to experience as time goes on? So for breast augmentation, as time goes on, um, you know, the the breasts are just going to actually drop and settle and look much more natural over time. It's around six months where they start to just settle in, okay. and then they feel like they're just part of your body. So you move on with your life. And, um, you know, uh, it's actually funny. Uh, we have a little running joke in our office where patients just more often get married right after the breast augmentation procedure. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they find, a, they find a guy or whatever, and they get married, and then they come back and see me, you know, after they have kids and they have a tummy tuck, whatever. So um, I would expect good things after your surgery. Good to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Barrett, for your insight on breast Absolutely. augmentation. I know so many people at home listening and me, we all, uh, well, we just got so much more knowledge and insight into your creative process. So we thank you for that. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Before we let you go, though, yes. we want to do like a quick lightning round okay. um, just to get to know you a little bit better. So do I'm going to ask you a question. You tell me how you feel. You got it. Cat or dog? Dog. Hard top or convertible? Hard top. Surf or ski? Mm, surf. Golf or run? Run. Night owl or early bird? Uh, early bird. Decaf or calf? Caffeinated. Shop in store online? Online. NBA or NBA. NFL? Ooh, NFL. All right. Who's your team? Patriots. Oh, tough break this yeah, year. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your awesome. time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. We learned a lot about breast augmentation from one of the country's leading board-certified plastic surgeons. If you're considering breast augmentation surgery, we hope we've provided the information you need to decide if you want to take the next step and schedule a consultation. Remember, Care Credit is a leading national healthcare credit card that can enable you to get many of the surgeries, procedures, and treatments you want now and pay over time with everyday promotional financing on purchases of $200 or more. Care Credit can also be used to pay for co-pays, co-insurance, deductibles, and your health and wellness needs. Care Credit is accepted at hundreds of thousands of locations nationwide to pay for care whenever you need and want it. If you are interested in applying for a Care Credit credit card or would like to find a provider in your area who accepts Care Credit, visit us at carecredit.com. And if you found this information valuable, please leave us a five-star review on the App Store and a thumbs up and share it with a friend. I'm Amy Frena with Care Credit, and I will see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit.
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family, and stay tuned for new episodes every week. This content is subject to change without notice and offered for informational use only. You are urged to consult with your individual advisors with respect to any information presented. Synchrony and any of its affiliates, including Care Credit, collectively Synchrony, makes no representations or warranties regarding this content and accepts no liability for loss or harm arising from the use of information provided. All statements and opinions in Care Experts with Care Credit are the sole opinions of the guest. Your receipt of this material constitutes your acceptance of these terms and conditions.